if the local tournament trails didn't allow girls. It was in their bylaws. I'm like, I live in a time where like girls weren't allowed to fish tournaments, which is crazy <laughs> to me. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your fearless host, Angie Scott. Hey, welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast. Man, I was digging that intro music track, so let's bring it back for a bit. Yeah. Well, I hope you all are hanging in there, and more importantly than anything, staying safe and healthy. If you're able to still get on the water or out in nature, that's a great thing. Soak it in. Things have been changing quickly, and especially with the exchange of information on social media, it's hard to keep up with what we're really currently allowed to do, what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, and all that. So, of course, for the most up-to-date information regarding staying healthy and safe uh, related to the coronavirus definitely consult the cdc.gov website for fishing related information keepamericafishing.org has some really great resources click on the covid19 information link at the top of their homepage, and that will bring you to the additional resources specifically relating to that uh, a map of america where you can kind of check out what's open what's not And uh, I just found out today from Debbie Hansen, host of Real Talk on ESPN Radio 99.3 FM down in Southwest Florida, that the FWC now has a great uh, resources on their website regarding what ramps are open or closed and also contact information to call and check before you make the drive over there because that information is updated 24 hours, but... uh, Sometimes things, changes happen before then. So uh, really cool that they've got that up on their website. And you can check that out by going to myfwc.com. Speaking of Florida, that's where today's guest is located. We actually did this interview right as everything was just starting to go down. Events were canceling left and right. And we really didn't know what to make of everything going on at that time. Now, Christina Weber and I are both hoping that ICAST continues as planned as uh, the releasing of this episode, which is April 7th, 2020. It's still a go, but only time will tell, so fingers crossed. Of course, above anything else, you know, health and safety is number one. So uh, I hope you all are doing everything you can. I'm, I'm sure you are as listeners of the Woman Angler and Adventurer podcast. But uh, we're here to keep your mind off of things. So I hope you enjoy Christina's story. It's really, really good one and uh, great conversation. She's done a little bit of everything in her fishing endeavors from kayak fishing to fly fishing to going out on a skiff and and all that stuff. So she's got a lot of really interesting information and a story to tell. So enjoy reading up on you and um i watched a couple of your uh seminar things that you've done on youtube you're a really really great public speaker by the way thank you i i really means a lot hearing you say that because i honestly like long-term goal for me is to like be public speaking i love it so much how so did, much how did you get into it was it just basically through fishing and doing seminars yeah, I just, I, I, the only public speaking I have experience with is to talk to people about fishing. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
I've never done anything else. And that's the, and I think that's how I figured out I even liked it. I was like, Oh wow. Like when I'm talking about something I'm confident in, this is really fun. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I can, I can tell the passion kind of comes through in, in, you know, what you're doing. So for me, like personally, I feel like I would need some sort of training or something. I don't know if you've had any public speaking training or if it's just natural. I, I, I think I've thought in, at one point, like, oh, maybe I'll do some training. Like, if I really like this, like, why not get, like, a mentor or someone who can maybe guide me and, like, hey, you're really good at this. But, like, this is – we notice that when you get to this point, you kind of, like, don't – aren't so good here. Like, this is what – you know, uh-huh. I, I've thought about it, but I have had no training. Uh-huh. I have just a lot of years of trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> That's really it. Yeah. Yeah. So you – from what I picked up on, you got into fishing – very young age and then like actually started fishing competitively at like 15 right yeah yeah I did I started when I was 15 wow tournament fishing you know there's there's Mm -hmm. so many ladies out there that like listen listen to our show and they're kind of just afraid to take that jump into the the competitive fishing side of it, you know, like they, they're passionate about it. They think it would be fun, but there's just some kind of barrier or fear of like actually fishing tournaments. So for you to have jumped in at such a young age, that's, that's really awesome and inspirational. What was that experience like for you? Well, I kind of blame it on being a little naive (laughs) (laughs) because I think when like the, sometimes like, I look now I'm, I'm 30. I look, I look back and I'm, I feel like I'm like, where did that girl go? That was so brave. And not that I'm not brave now, but I think I would probably almost hold myself back from certain things at this age versus Mm -hmm. when I was 15, because you kind of have that, like, I don't care mentality about anything. Mm -hmm. And it makes you just like, just super warrior. And I happened to just grow up fishing. So it was like a easy transition for me. Um, It was for the most part, um, I think, I kind of blame it on being a little naive. Like I didn't pick up on a lot of like the subtle, maybe like mean things people would say, or maybe people, I don't feel like I I was ever, I just was a kid and I loved to fish and it was something that I could apply something that I loved in a competitive way. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it was really just as simple as that. I never ran into too many issues um, until I turned 18. Um, I didn't start running into issues. I had people who, like, I had, I couldn't fish, like, youth tournaments anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, no big deal. Like, I w- wanted to fish for Bassmaster. I was fishing, well, at the time I was fishing for Bassmaster, I guess, because they're the ones who run all the youth tournaments at the time. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do FLW and some local stuff. And, like, you know, you start local and then you kind of move your way up a little bit. And the local tournament trail didn't allow girls. It was in their bylaws. Mm. <laughs> Wow, really? And I think that was, yes, it, yes, I feel like I can live in a, I like, I'm like, I lived in a time where like girls weren't allowed to fish tournaments. Wow. <laughs> Which is crazy to me. Um, but I, all I did was like, it was one of those things where they're like, well, we changed our bylaws in February and I put it on the calendar. I showed up to the meeting and I just told everyone I wanted to be here and I wanted to fish it. And they had to vote on it. And I won by one vote. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I could fish it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> pretty cool. I, yeah, that's kind of blows my mind to think about what would possess a club to put that in their bylaws. <laughs> 
it's like it's like that like gentleman's club kind of thing without right. the gentleman part mm-hmm. they want their they want their time and that was their way of getting it and nobody had an issue with it until i came along <laughs> right yeah well so they got i mean yeah <laughs> i'm sh- i'm sure you you kind of was there any kind of pressure associated with it you know like you're like okay, you changed your rules to allow me to be in your club. Did that, like, carry any kind of weight for you? Yeah, actually, that's a really great question. It really did. I actually, it was, I think the weight was so heavy. I actually never ended up fishing that tournament because I felt that weight of that. It was Mm -hmm. so much pressure and so much weight. And I was like, "Why why am I subjecting myself to this for a stupid club tournament trail when I can just, I can pay the same amount of money and I can go fish for like the FLW Mm -hmm. (laughs) or, or bass and like, or the anything else, you know, I can go fish for someone else and not in be welcomed with open arms versus like I show up. It's a nightmare. People are grumpy. They're (laughs) angry. They hate each other because that guy voted for it. Yeah. It was a lot of animosity. So yeah, yeah, I actually ended up maybe fishing a few and said, "Eh, not for me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And especially, I guess, too, it only passing by one vote, you know, if it was unanimous or something that might feel different. Yeah, it was semi, semi like that. I had to leave the room and they did their thing. But I think because it was, I did end up finding out all of it and who did what. And I know certain people were like, well, we didn't vote yes, because these are, at the time, I'm 18, too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how old these guys were. I feel like they were it's so hard to judge when you're younger. Everyone feels like they're (laughs) old, (laughs) 40 years older than you. Yeah. Yeah. And then like looking back, I'm like, well, that's not even really that old, you know? Right. Um, so it's hard to tell, but you know, they're much older than me. And I think that they were like, well, we're trying to do a nice thing for you. And so you don't have to fish with these guys is really what they were doing. And I think might've been, that Mm could have been it. Mm -hmm. Like looking back now, like thinking, okay, yeah, I could totally see someone saying like, we don't want her here to protect her. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then another thing I, I saw was that you worked at uh, Gander in the fishing department at a young age as well. And, uh, you know, I've, we've had other people on the show, other women who have worked in sporting departments and things like that. And, you know, a lot of and even now, I mean, guys and sometimes even women, they they would, you know, they don't trust that the woman has the knowledge to help them, you know, that the way that they expect. And uh, I saw that that was kind of some of the experience you had. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I I feel like me, I feel like so much of my life has been set up like this serendipitous way of like (laughs) these magical accidents. And I remember when they were opening that store and I was at this point of like fishing tournaments and I was, I was like, I don't know, 18 or something still. Like I was in like this prime, like wanting to just power through fishing and do everything I could to soak up knowledge. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can get a job here and learn and meet all these people that I need to learn and meet. And, um, I went to the interview and the fishing manager actually had stepped out for lunch. So the other guy was like, Oh, I'll just interview you or whatever. And I guess, he was this manager always kind of was upset that they hired me because he said he wouldn't have hired me. 
Well, it's just such a, it's so cool how things like that work out because it really did teach me a lot and working and having guys come in. Yes, for sure. People were rude and <laughs> mean and just, it was, it was, can be very challenging. They didn't want to always take advice mm-hmm. and I'm very passionate about fishing. I want everyone to experience fishing the same way I experience fishing, which is can be very aggressive (laughs) (laughs) for for someone who's like, I don't really know what I'm doing and I just want to buy something. Um, But yeah, it was, it was very interesting experience. I'm very thankful for it. It taught me at a very young age that no matter how old you are, no matter what generation you're a part of or anything, I think that, and you like something, whether it's like building race cars or just something that has this typical, like, well, guys do that, you know, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a thing guys do. Um, you'll always seem to kind of struggle with putting, you know, finding your balance with people and saying the right words to protect yourself and show them that like, no, I really, I really do know what I'm doing. And I think for me, I was just like, if I know as much as possible, my words, will speak for themselves and they'll take me serious and they'll value me or they won't. And that's, that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. That's all I can do. Like they're going to come and go and they're going to buy leader and they're going to leave the people who see something and want to learn from me. They'll take the time and spend it with me. And that's, that's all that mattered. And that was, that's what I taught myself with that experience. And that was pretty valuable. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. And I think it's cool that you don't, you know, feel the need to distinguish, uh, you know, a lot of people like the woman angler in adventure, we use the term angler, but you're totally fine and and comfortable with the term fisherman. And uh, I think that's awesome. I am. Yeah, I, I, I am. I really like it all. I, I'm for, I'm pro girls. I'm pro guys. I'm pro whatever. I'm just, (laughs) I just, I'm here to fish and that's all. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Everybody should. <laughs> Everybody should. Yes. I agree. But <laughs> so, tough thing to learn sometimes. So you've gravitated toward um, kayak fishing. Why, what draws you to that as opposed to other types of fishing? When I started kayak fishing, I was in a position to buy a boat. I was like, okay, I want to buy a boat. Like, this is how much money I have. Like, what boat do I want to buy? And I'm like, well, I fish bass tournaments, but I love smoke fishing and red fishing. And I'm like, but I also like fishing offshore. And I kind of found myself in this weird position and, you know, working, you know, at the, like the sporting store and things like that. I was like, okay, like tried to talk to people about it. And I found that a lot, you know, I found like kayak fishing was really taking off and, I was like, I don't know if I'm for this. Like, I want to go fast and I want to be able to do all these cool things on kayak fishing. Like, I'm like, I don't know. And I gave it a lot of thought and realized if I buy a kayak, I can do every single thing I want to do. Like, there are zero limitations. And for me, I was like, as soon as I realized that, I went, whoa. I don't have to rely on anybody and I don't have to, if I buy a bass boat, I'm strictly just bass fishing. If I buy a skiff, I'm strictly just doing this and I can't afford a boat to go offshore. (laughs) And so what am I, you know, so that's what brought me to the kayak fishing was that I could do anything at any given point I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. That was cool. Yeah. 
and you can access a lot of areas that other people can't. <laughs> yeah, you you really can. You can you can you fish differently. You drift differently. Your mindset is different. You're forced. You pick us. Your 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 pre fishing on land is so valuable, and it makes you so much stronger. It just makes you a stronger fisherman in general. You really like it. Just it's a full package deal. Um, it's like it's like 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 when your parents are like, no, you have to have like a crappy car when you're a kid or you won't learn anything. You know, it's kind of like almost that same mentality. Like you're not going to learn as much if you have this like brand new boat (laughs) as you would if you had a kayak or maybe something that wasn't so nice that you were kind of forced to like, well, I don't have that feature. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I've never, never heard that analogy before. (laughs) Yeah. It's well, that's how that that's how I look at it. It's it's to me it's very true. I think that if you want to learn a lot, you get in a kayak because you're going to pick a spot and you're not going to want to paddle over there, <laughs> and because you work so hard to get there, and it's going to make force you to fish all areas of the water in different ways and learn different techniques mm-hmm. and force yourself to make things work. Wow, you're kind of motivating me to want to start kayak fishing. <laughs> I'm here for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what are you up to currently? What's going on right now? Um, well, I sold my kayaks. I actually finished from a Carolina skiff now. So that that motivational speech. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you, you probably did Um, your time. (laughs) Well, I just, I was just changing directions personally mm-hmm. and I will always love kayak fishing and I definitely find, I will definitely get a kayak again and uh, it's just something I love so very much I just I don't think I'll ever get away from it and um uh, but yeah that's really what I'm up to I I have a Carolina skiff now and I do just I just do a lot of fishing I pull crab traps stone crab traps um, I like to fish for triple tail I love the availability to kind of run around that I've mm-hmm. missed out on for very many years. Like just turn the motor on and kind of go. But I fish. I had to like relearn the fish. It's so odd to me how you fish just differently on different things. Mm-hmm. And um, I almost felt like I had to relearn the fish because I was like so slow at fishing. <laughs> and then I had this boat that I could like do a lot of things in. I could like dissect things a little faster, which mm-hmm. is good and bad. And at least for me. And so I guess we should we should mention, um, and I, I will in the intro as well, but that you're down in Florida. What uh, bodies of water do you fish mostly? I fish, goodness, really just inshore. I'm not, where I'm actually living is odd. There's not a whole lot of like inshore fishing. Um, we have we have like we have like canals, saltwater canals, mm-hmm. um, on the intercoastal. But, um, which is, I really just do snook fishing. And honestly, if I'm fishing even locally, I only fish at night and it's only going to be for snook. Mm. Um, it's just, we just, I'm in a busy area. I'm in West Palm to Jupiter area and Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to fish here during the day. Um, but for me, I go out to like Port St. Lucie and fish like the St. Lucie river and, um, Mosquito Lagoon, which is in Titusville. It's east of Orlando. Um, that's probably my favorite place to go. Yeah, I've heard. Um, and that's all strictly redfish. I've well, heard. not red, just strictly redfish, but I've heard a lot redfish. about Mosquito Lagoon. I haven't had the chance to fish <laughs> it yet, but uh, 
That's that's awesome. What what draws you to snook? Um, I think just being like a East Coast South Florida girl, like mm-hmm. we just have snook, and that's just something I grew up doing. Like I was doing that with my dad. I probably was snook fishing way before I was even doing any other type of fishing. We would fish spillways. I would always be at school and. If I knew it was raining, I knew that meant that my dad was going to want to go to the spillway. And all I wanted to do was get home as fast as possible. So he wouldn't leave me. (laughs) (laughs) They're cool fish, but I think it's just being a local South Florida, what East Coast girl of Florida, you just smoke fish. It just Mm -hmm. comes with territory. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very similar to bass fishing in my experience. Um, I think they're a lot more sensitive, but... uh, I got to fish for snook this past fall and caught my first one, and it was that was pretty cool. And They're they, super cool fish. Yeah, they can get yeah. pretty big too, which is fun. They get that's what's I think what's cool about them is that they do they get very big. They're they're definitely yes they're different than bass fishing. They're they're a little bit more sensitive, like you said, mm-hmm. much more sensitive. They're laziest fish <laughs> on planet Earth. I, I always tell people. If you think you're fishing slow enough, you need to fish slower <laughs> because they uh, they like almost near to nothing moving in the water. They just sit in the current and wait for things to basically fly into their mouth. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's great advice. So what what's next for you? What's the future look like? Hmm. I don't know. Any any specific I'm still goals? Kind of figuring that out. Yeah. I. I'm really kind of in a, these last few years for me have been a little weird. I feel like I'm just trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I feel like I made like a lot of drastic changes, like in my private life and just trying to kind of figure that out. So I make the right decisions and the right moves. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'll always, I will always tournament fish and it's been a hot minute since I've done that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, um, I think for me, I really am aspiring to start fly fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah, that's, I know. I think a, like a lot of people, when they meet me and they see me, they're like, they assume I fly fish, which makes a lot of sense because a lot of people fly fish, mm-hmm. um, especially people who are pretty serious. Um, I've kind of really kept it. I've wanted to like save fly fishing for when it felt right. And um, because I was doing so many tournaments, whether it was bass fishing, I was doing inshore tournaments, I was doing offshore tournaments. Um, it's a lot happening. And I didn't really want to add another piece to my puzzle without being able to jump with both feet in. Um, and I'm kind of in a position where I can jump in with both feet and fly fishing. And that's probably the closest thing in my very near future that I'm working towards. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. I, I've heard um, some of the best advice, and I think it was from Debbie Hansen. She said, uh, you know, if you want to learn fly fishing, she learned this from her mentor, but you got to put the spinning gear and everything else away then and just focus on the fly because you're not going to you're going to always gravitate back to that spinning gear. So you're not going to give that fly rod and reel the attention that you need to in order to really master it, you know? And uh, I thought that was really interesting and good advice. I think that's great advice. I feel like it, like subconsciously I felt like that would be 
the way. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably why I haven't picked it up. Like until I could pick it up and be serious about it, I really just wasn't going to do it. I'm going to fish for the rest of my life. I looked looked at it like, well, you know, eventually I'll get there. And when I do, I'm going to set everything else down and it's going to be the one and only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's great advice. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And it's, it's funny too, because this has come up in conversation a lot lately. Um, so I went on the Redfish Roadie road trip. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's, um, it was Jen Ripple who runs Dunn Magazine, which is a fly fishing lifestyle magazine for women. And Heather Hodson, who heads up this group called United Women on the Fly, and they do this thing called Rip and Hoppers Adventure. And this this past year, uh, in the fall, it was called the Redfish Roadie Road Trip. And we left from Nashville, which is where I'm at, went down to Homosassa, went to um, Marco Island, and then uh, over to Stewart, Florida. And so we kind of fished like that whole area and it, it ended in New Orleans. But um, one of the things, so I'm a conventional angler. I'm, I've very, very little experience fly fishing. And I was along on this fly fishing trip. And one of the things that we talked about a lot is like, why is there such a, it seems like there's such a gap between fly fishing and conventional fishing and it's all (laughs) fishing. So, you know, like why, Mm -hmm. why is it so different? And so that's something we've been talking about. Like how can we bring them all together? You know, fishing is fishing. And like Jen Ripple says, fishing, fishing is fishing and fishing is supposed to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I, I always try to remind everybody. I'm like, this is supposed to be fun. Cause I'll get super serious tournament mode all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, with fun fishing people. And I'm like, just remind, just, just a reminder, if you don't like this, it's supposed to be fun. So we don't have to do this. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's with the, like, fishing and fishing and things, like, not crossing, why there's such a, like, divided line. Mm-hmm. I would, I kind of feel that way, to be honest with you, with all the types of fishing, whether mm-hmm. it's, like, the sport fish guys offshore to the bass fishing guys to the inshore guys. Like, I really feel like, None, like the only thing that even comes close in my opinion is like just saltwater anglers tend to do a lot of things together. But mm-hmm. I agree. I, I fight with people all the time about bass fishing and, um, and, uh, and, um, uh, bass fishing and like the sport fish guys. Mm-hmm. They're, they like hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that. It's not just fly fishing and conventional. It is different types of fishing, you know, that they're just kind of like, this is, you know, I even see it, you know, there's certain people that all they're into is catfishing and, or, or walleye fishing. And like, they put down the bass fishermen, you know, because walleye is more challenging or whatever, you know, they do. They do get like that. It cracks me up and vice versa. Like it's so, I think it's hilarious. I love it. I'm like, I, cause I love all the things. So I, I love getting into like, I love it. I love <laughs> listening to everybody like pick on each other. Oh, you do the skinny rod doing this. It's like, yeah. yep. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck in your fly fishing endeavors. That's super exciting. And um, and where is there anywhere people can go to follow you online as you move into these new chapters? 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really just on Instagram. Okay. I don't know how to hold, I don't do very much of anything else anymore, but, um, everybody can find me at, um, on Instagram. It's just red fish. It's R E D F E E S H red fish. Awesome. Okay. We'll put a link to that in the show notes for this episode. And, um, yeah, like I said, I, uh, hopefully more public speaking is in your future as well, because you're so good at it. Thank you. I, I think it is too. I, 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 it will be, it's, it's something I love so much. It, it will have to be. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks so much. Yeah. We really appreciate you coming on the show and, um, you know, you've had great experiences throughout your career thus far and we look forward to seeing where the future takes you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.